Welcome to another episode of Investing Compass. Before we begin, a quick note that the information contained in this podcast is general in nature. It does not take into consideration your personal situation, circumstances, or needs. So this is a big night for you, Shani, because it's budget night. It is budget night. And you are a budget nerd. (laughs) Okay. But tonight, you're going to meet up with some friends. And originally, you were going to have them over. But as we've said before, you purchased a house Mm -hmm. and you're getting ready to move out of your apartment in the next couple of weeks. And you've managed to sell all of your possessions. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have much to begin with, but did did manage to sell everything. Yes. Yeah. So now you have nothing. You don't have a place to have people over to even sit down. I've got a dining table so we can do like interview style. (laughs) Yes. Well, anyway, so- You're going to go out and meet somebody, Mm -hmm. but then you have to get home very quickly for budget night. Yes. Could you do that thing that friends do when they call and they say, oh, there's an emergency when it's a bad day, but I just need to get home for budget night. To get you out of this. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I can can try to do that. Okay. But whether you have lots of furniture or no furniture, hopefully you'll enjoy today's episode. And it's something that we haven't done in a while. We're going to do a shared deep dive. And we'll continue to do these on a semi-regular basis. So if there's any particular stock that you would like us to do an episode on, you can email us to the email address in the episode notes. And today, we're going to be exploring an Aussie stock that is on our global equity best ideas list, and it's currently a five-star stock. And that stock is Phineas Corp. A disclaimer here that this isn't going to be some sexy tech startup, but again, most good businesses are boring. I think it's pretty early in the podcast to declare that it's going to be boring, Mark. I said that the business was boring, (laughs) not the podcast, but the podcast could be boring as well. Who knows? We'll see. Phineas is a tech company. They're a software vendor that was founded in Dublin in 1993 with a mission to use modern technology to provide great service to their customers. But they're a software vendor to a boring industry, the insurance industry, but please stick with us. Customers are primarily large multinationals and mid-market insurers, and they generate their revenue mainly from subscriptions and product implementation services. About 80% of their revenue is generated from the US, and the rest from Asia-Pac and Europe. And although they were founded in Dublin, they're listed on the ASX. Phineas helps insurers streamline their workflow, save costs, and win new business. Their products help insurers by automating the work, centralizing data, and reducing the time to market for new products, and assisting with business wins and client retention. In other words, they provide a lot of value for businesses by automating administrative work that saves money and win business, which brings in money. It's a win-win. They're also currently migrating customers to a cloud-based offering from a desktop program. This means that they can roll out new features and support at a lower marginal cost, and they can also provide more recurring subscription revenue. And so now is a good time to roll into economic moat because these features are key to their wide economic moat that comes from switching costs. Phineas has a comprehensive product suite, so it's a one-stop shop for their customers. The suite performs mission-critical functions for life, accident, and health insurance carriers, which means that they are central to the business operations. And what this means is that their customers are extremely hesitant to switch products. They need to run a seamless and uninterrupted insurance business, And the friction that comes from switching software providers is just not a risk that they want to take on. 
Adding to this, Phineas is a niche player that doesn't have that many direct competitors, so there isn't an abundance of software providers to choose from anyway. Okay, so that's a good uh, segue. So let's talk about competitors really quickly, and then we'll get back to why Phineas has a wide economic moat. So there are large investment costs to enter the life accident and health insurance vertical, and this discourages new entrants. So potential competitors like Guidewire and Duck Creek are themselves busy building switching costs into their own turf. Duck Creek sounds like a wine, (laughs) but apparently it's a software provider. I thought it sounded like a really nice creek. You're scared of birds. Why would you want to go to a duck creek? (laughs) That's true. Back to Phineas. By our estimation, Phineas's competitors currently don't have the earnings capacity to develop a LA and H, so that is life, accident, and health software as comprehensive as the one offered by Phineas. Then adding to this is that the need to adhere to the capabilities of different insurance lines, statutory rules, and regulations globally makes this whole thing prohibitive. And then secondly, the difficulty in overcoming the risk aversion of insurers is substantial. When we think of insurers, they specialize in assessing risk, but they are pretty risk averse themselves. Because of this, the majority of insurers, so around 55%, still have the same legacy systems that they had 10 years ago. The vendors who can crack the inertia can secure long duration income streams and use existing deals as blueprints to win over other insurers. So it sounds a bit like a snowball just rolling down a hill. We do talk about snowballs quite a lot on this podcast. I mean, we do. And you've seen snow once in your life, which makes it a little (laughs) bit odd. An obsession. Um, So what this has resulted in is insurance software vendors looking to replace legacy systems of clients instead of trying to poach clients from each other. When we look at operating metrics, they're trading in the right direction with falling customer concentration, increasing customer retention, and decade-long customer relationships, and ongoing growth in annual recurring revenue and revenue per customer. Now, we obviously work in a subscription-based service with Morningstar Investor. Those metrics are basically what keep us both in a job, and that's what, as investors, you'd be looking for in a strong and sustainable business in the subscription software space. When we take a closer look at retention, we can see that it's stickier than ordinary enterprise customers in other industries like retail or manufacturing. Around 80% of their revenue is derived from the U.S., and more than half is large tier one insurers that have annual written premiums of over $2 billion Aussie dollars. It also works with six of the 10 largest life accident and health insurers in Australia and processes 100% of accident claims in New Zealand. And so Phineas has chosen to operate in this space. It's an early mover, providing a full suite solution specifically designed for LA and H insurers. Phineas's 10 largest customers are contracted with the company for an average of eight years, with the longest close to 20 years. This is validated by its mid-90s percentage retention rate, implying the lifespan of its customers is around 10 to 20 years. And these switching costs inherent in their business model strengthen as Phineas cross-sells new capabilities beyond their core product. So that includes add-on products like billing, payments, engagement apps, data analytics, and more. The pattern is usually that insurers are more likely to install one capability and then expand their uptake over time, rather than buy the full suite at the get-go. The sales and implementation cycle lasts around 6 to 12 months, which comes with implementation services like training, configuration, and integration. 
Clients typically return thereafter to sign up for an additional capability, necessitating another sales and implementation cycle. This multi-year engagement process creates a dependency on Phineas and really cements their switching costs. And ultimately, replacing core systems is a lengthy, lengthy, costly, and risky ordeal for insurers. Customers are adverse to changing core systems as failed attempts at implementation carry high sunk costs. Switching costs include direct time and expense of implementing a new software, loss productivity, loss of data during changeover, and just business disruption. A hypothetical competitor who comes out with a better, presumably faster and more seamless product than Phineas only wins half the battle. The other half is to get the insurer to disconnect Phineas across a complex web of processes and reconnect new ones, which is daunting as the perceived benefits from switching are often uncertain. To Phineas, this means revenue is more predictable as customers would mostly rather stick with the group than risk a years-long disruption with another competitor. Morningstar Investor is built for investors by investors. It provides independent research and data on over 40,000 securities, tools to build and maintain an investment portfolio, and investor education resources to support you, regardless of where you are in your investing journey. Explore opportunities with our monthly global best ideas. Explore our ETF model portfolios. Plan better with two years of dividend forecasts for ASX-listed stocks. And stay informed with independent thought leadership. We've built tools to help you construct, monitor, and maintain your portfolio, including our Portfolio Manager, integrated with one of Australia's leading portfolio tracking tools, ShareSight. Morningstar has been empowering investor success for over 35 years. We're passionate about your outcomes and are here every step of the way as you achieve them. Take out a free four-week trial to access our resources. Find the details in the episode notes. We mentioned customers as reference points before. Basically, customers who use Phineas may become a reference point, boosting their credibility to win new business, especially from larger prospects who typically require multiple reference accounts. As Phineas establishes itself across geographies, we also think it'll be an obvious choice for prospective customers. And what Phineas are trying to do is focus on creating a superior product and nurturing its business relationships through the cross-selling that we spoke about. This is so it can extract more money from the client and turn it into a reference account. In our view, this helps it win accounts steadily versus aggressively tendering for business deals at the get-go. Another plus for Phineas is that the customer concentration has generally been falling, which reduces the risk of value destruction in the unlikely event a customer leaves. Okay, so I think that covers the economic moat and why we've awarded it a wide moat. Let's look at risk and uncertainty. We've assigned Phineas with a high uncertainty rating. The first reason is that the insurance software market is ever-evolving, so it's difficult to project earnings. We'll get to the fair value that we've assigned soon, but there's certainly built, there's uncertainty built into that because any changes in market share assumptions, particularly on winning clients or upgrading them, could materially impact earnings forecasts and in turn, fair value. Then, client concentration is a risk. We've mentioned that this is decreasing, but a likely downside from a large client with substantial revenue is where they leverage their purchasing power to halt fee increases or even drive down fees. This would put the onus on Phineas to keep adding value to justify its pricing. We don't envisage customers leaving, as they also stand to suffer should this occur, like we mentioned uh, when we spoke about switching costs, but there's prohibitive hassle. We'd like to see falling customer concentration before upgrading our uncertainty rating to medium. 
But we're seeing a trend towards this falling customer concentration, so this may not be that far away. Then, of course, there's competition. We mentioned the competition wasn't a huge detractor long-term when assessing an economic moat, but competition will likely constrain earnings growth in the near term. The strong growth runway in the insurance software market will likely attract more discounting, marketing, or replication by competitors. We don't anticipate a competitor to simply emerge and steal share, but there will be ongoing need for Phineas to invest and improve its product, which may prolong the time frame to cash flow break even. Heightened competition may also lead to slower deal wins, particularly for mid-market insurers. Lastly, Phineas is exposed to regulatory risks. Regulations which affect Phineas or other operations of its insurer customers may lead to a need to increase spending on compliance, reduced income, changes in product features with potentially adverse effects on profitability. We'll speak about profitability soon when we speak about fair value, but let's quickly go to capital allocation. And Phineas gets a standard capital allocation rating. As we've mentioned previously, this is the allocation rating that the majority of the companies get, and it's not a sign that the company's substandard at capital allocation. It takes a lot to get an exemplary rating. So this rating is based on the assessment of investment efficacy, balance sheet risk, and shareholder distributions. As investors, all three of these factors are incredibly important to us because the decisions around them impact the future earnings of the company, as well as how the company grows those earnings. And we rate Phineas's investment efficacy as exemplary on grounds that it consistently prioritizes higher returning investments and is a sound track record of execution. This gives us confidence that its future investments will add value. Phineas secured a dominant position in the life, accident, and health insurance industry, a less contested space in the property and casual industry. The firm had a short stint in the more competitive property and casualty space several years back but promptly pulled out from this low-returning pursuit. This shows us that they know to cut losses when they need to focus on more lucrative pursuits. We spent quite a bit of time talking about their strategy to focus on their existing customer base and entrench their products further there, but we think this focus on quality over quantity is a more sustainable way to retain clients and compound earnings. What we'd like to see from Phineas is for them to generate positive free cash flows long-term, which we expect to be around fiscal 2027, before we are comfortable in its balance sheet strength to both withstand a material downside event and self-fund its growth. And the need to invest in product development or make feature-driven acquisitions meant that investing cash flows often outstripped operating cash flows. And this means that they need capital raises. Fiscal 2021's cash balance barely moved from fiscal 2018, despite revenue doubling over the three years to fiscal 2021. Prospective business acquisitions over the next five years will likely require equity raises. We do think, though, that Phineas is deploying capital sensibly to strengthen its economic moat, and operating metrics are trending in the right direction. Phineas doesn't pay a dividend, nor would we expect it to, given its medium-term focus on growth. Dividends or share repurchases are some time away, and only when Phineas is at scale to generate maintainable profitability as industry growth plateaus. All right, Johnny, it's time to get to the juicy stuff. So we've briefly mentioned so far in the episode that Phineas isn't profitable yet. Let's dive into that a little deeper as we look at fair value and profit drivers. 
All right, so our fair value estimate for Phineas is $3.40 per share. We expect Phineas to turn NPAT or net profit after tax profitable in fiscal 2025, two years away. At this point, our model suggests that NPAT will exceed 10 million euros by fiscal 2023 and exceed 40 million euros by fiscal 2032. And we forecast Phineas to grow its market share of the about $10 billion industry that they're in. External core system software by life, accident, and health insurers. We expect growth to 1.9% market share in fiscal 2027 and then 2.2% in fiscal 2032. And they're currently about 1.3% of the market. We also expect that the mix of higher margin subscription revenue to grow to about 80% of group revenue by fiscal 2032 from around 42% in fiscal 2022. This is forecasted to happen as more of their customers move to the cloud-based software, which is higher margin than their current desktop offering. And this move to cloud-based software will transform Phineas into a SaaS company or a software as a service company. And investors do love that model for a lot of the reasons we mentioned earlier the predictability of revenue through a software model, and the scalability of the business, which ultimately can result in really high margins if enough market share is gained. As Phineas starts to build scale, they'll improve operating margins to 19% by 2032. And we assume long-term gross profit margins of 72%, above fiscal 2022 65%, which is strong. And there is room for Phineas to earn more high-margin software revenue in the long term. But we have to keep in mind that there will be increased direct costs in the short term, like cloud support expenses, as the uptake rises for their cloud-based services and rates payable to the system integration partners. These are promising prospects for future growth, and we think that Phineas is currently undervalued. It's trading at $1.63 as at 3rd May, which puts it at a 52% discount on a stock with a wide moat. And as we've said over and over again on Investing Compass, we are advocates for ensuring that you buy good quality companies at compelling prices. But you also buy companies that are going to achieve the objectives of your portfolio. So a little bit about the company. It's a small cap at 500 million market cap, and it's in the software infrastructure space. It's volatile comparative to the market when we look at its beta of 1.9 over three years. And although this is an attractive opportunity when we look at the price to fair value, it is currently unprofitable and does not pay dividends. It is unlikely that in the foreseeable future that it will pay dividends to shareholders. Think of this as a long-term holding that is dependent on Phineas growing and maintaining market share while deepening relationships with existing clients. It is dependent on short-term costs to disappear with scale once software structures are set up. The main risks to this are regulatory, large clients leaving, both of which we think are minimal in our analyst's opinion. All right, so that was a lot of talk about insurance. It was. And insurance software. Mm -hmm. So I think Shawnee, Will, and I have earned a Duck Creek wine. (laughs) So we're going to go out and try to find that. But thank you very much for listening. We would love any comments and ratings in your podcast app. Any advice in this podcast is general advice or regulated financial advice under New Zealand law prepared by Morningstar Australasia Proprietary Limited and or Morningstar Research Limited without reference to your financial objectives, situations or needs. You should consider the advice in light of these matters and any relevant product disclosure statement before making any decision to invest. To obtain advice for your own situation, contact a financial advisor.